0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, I'm your host Jacob Granger. Each week we bring in the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. Today we're taking a look at a constructive approach to reporting on the coronavirus. Joining me on Skype is Annabelle Bly, host of the Ant Hill podcast by The Conversation and its recent series, How the World Rebuilt After Past Crises. The series finished running last month and in each of the six episodes, It looks at one crisis throughout time, from the Black Death in the late 1340s to post-World War II, to the global financial crisis in 2008. They speak to academics about how the world recovered from those dire situations, and also in some cases, where it fell short. At a time when we are still uncertain about how the world recovers from the coronavirus pandemic, the big question they pose is what can we learn from those situations? What lessons does the past teach us? In some cases it offers hope, in others it offers recommendations for policy reform. The point is, in the absence of a solution for the coronavirus itself, we talk about the value of finding parallels from the past and of course the pitfalls in doing so. All of that is to come, but first, here is something to put into your diary. As well as great editorial content, Journalism.co.uk also provides a range of media training for journalists, editors and other media professionals. On the 5th of October 2020, we're running a storytelling and engagement techniques masterclass led by David Atkinson, who's an established freelance journalist with bylines for The Telegraph, The Guardian, and The Daily Mail. For that course and all the other great courses we run, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. Annabelle, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: (laughs) Still adjusting to working from home, but doing well. How is it for you?
1: Yeah, it's okay. I... Did not enjoy it for the first few months, but I feel like I've kind of got into the groove a little bit.
0: (laughs) A work in progress for sure. Uh, One of the things that's kind of helped me through this period are podcasts, and we're here to talk about your recent podcast series, Recovery, and How the World Rebuilt from Past Crises. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a six-episode series where you're looking at uh, crises from the Black Death, uh, the Lisbon earthquake, right up to 2008, and the Credit Crunch. And looking at what, if any, are the parallels to be kind of made between those crises and the current coronavirus pandemic. Can you tell me where the inspiration for this show came from and why you felt like this was a really good angle for your audiences?
1: Sure. So I guess the inspiration for the series came fairly early on in the pandemic when there were still lots of unknowns about what was going on, how long it would last. I mean, it was clear that it was a really big deal and that, yeah, it was going to have huge consequences for the world. And I guess we wanted to turn to something more concrete than general postulating about what might happen, what the future might hold. Um, And so The Conversation is a news website that draws on academic expertise. And so our community of academic experts uh, have done tons of interesting research Uh, into the various crises throughout history and come at those from different angles. So we figured we'd uh, turn to them and find out, you know, how has the world recovered from past crises that have gone on?
0: It's interesting because obviously you're drawing parallels for the, the current coronavirus pandemic. Well, you know, if there are parallels, of course, to be made and the lessons to be learned. As a simple question, what does a parallel offer news audiences? What's the value in that?
1: I guess it's important to say that we try not to shoehorn any parallels or lessons in where they don't exist and if you speak to any historian uh, particularly academic researchers you know they are very keen on nuance and they're very keen not to oversimplify things so in terms of the, the parallels and the lessons I guess they come with these caveats but at the same time, there's elements of hope and inspiration from the way the world has dealt with past crises, um, and I guess it's just it just gives something a bit more concrete as we as we look to the future, uh, in terms of what might actually happen, what we might be able to achieve, um, and do sort of out of the ashes of this crisis.
0: Mm. For me, there's a clue in the name. It's called recovery. It seems to me like quite a constructive way to look at what is quite a bleak topic in the pandemic was that kind of a direction you wanted to go in in terms of um offering sort of a constructive message in a time where audiences are perhaps feeling quite inundated and negative and perhaps helpless i guess
1: yeah absolutely like you say we called it recovery because we wanted to focus on the effort of rebuilding and and sort of start thinking about what kinds of policies governments should start focusing on what might be achieved and what might what we might be able to change about the way the world works uh, going forward
0: and obviously you, you you touch on the nuances that could be debated in the in the episodes how did you how did you decide that these were the six valid areas for discussion
1: So I think there were some big obvious, Historic crises that we wanted to zone in on, and that the series might be a bit strange if we didn't include them. So uh, past pandemics like the Black Death, uh, the 1918 flu—they were kind of big ones that you know everyone's been talking about. Everyone's been drawing parallels on uh, in relation to what's going today. So we we sort of like felt that like we had to include those. Also, the 2008 financial crisis. Um, I think we felt that in many ways, we're still recovering from the 2008 global financial crisis. And the way that governments responded to that has had huge implications for for the position of public finances today and our capacity to deal with coronavirus today. Um, So that was also why we wanted to include that one. The recovery from World War Two was another sort of obvious one we felt particularly from the kind of reconstruction rebuilding effort and to to offer an example of a major crisis that that led to huge changes and um you know really amazing things that we still value today like the nhs like public housing education for all Um, so that was another kind of obvious one. And then I guess the two slightly different ones that we that we went with were the Lisbon earthquake, which a lot of us who were kind of discussing ideas for the podcast hadn't heard of, but one of my colleagues who uh, led the interviews on that episode, Grace Allen, she's done a PhD in history and um, had kind of touched upon it in, a, in her research. Um, so she brought that one up and we thought that was a really cool example because it was uh, it was a literal reconstruction effort after this earthquake totally flattened what was one of the biggest cities in Europe at the time.
0: And obviously there's so much detail and nuance in that in terms of steering that discussion and keeping everything in, in one clear conversation. How do you do that? It must be, I, I sympathise that must be really tricky and, and a lot of planning goes into that.
1: Yeah, um, we were quite successful actually in not having to cut too much out of the discussions, the, re- the recordings of the discussions that we had. Um, so each episode is about 40 minutes or so long. And I mean, part of the effort to keep it quite tight was to reduce the amount of work that we had to do in in post-production. Um, so we were producing this podcast quite quickly for us so doing an episode a week over six weeks Um, and we don't have a lot of resources for our podcast it's kind of something that uh, some colleagues and I do around you know publishing um, various articles on the conversation so we were quite sort of time limited and so we kind of took that into the chairing of the discussions to kind of uh, make sure that everyone kind of kept things quite tight and then I guess just you know we spoke to all the contributors quite a lot before we did the recordings to, to work out what their areas of specialism were. We also spoke to lots of people that, that didn't make it in the end onto the actual podcast, but sort of through that, we were kind of able to build up a, a fairly clear picture of what we wanted to cover in the in the sort of 40 minutes or so.
0: You put the same question to all the experts in every episode. Where where are the parallels from, from this crisis to the current day? Which of the six kind of takeaways makes the most sense to you and is kind of the best um example of the parallels that you're trying to reach for
1: oh um well, a few spring to mind, so one that was quite stark to me was following the the nineteen eighteen flu uh which was kind of combined with the end of World War one um and rebuilding after that there was this There was this kind of really strong desire to return for things to return to normal to th- for things to go back to the way that they had been prior to 1914. It stunted any effort for radical change, radical policies that might improve things. Um, And it also led to things like re-adopting the gold standard uh, in the UK, which was kind of disastrous for the economy.
0: So here's a clip from episode three on the Spanish flu coinciding with the First World War. Annabelle's colleague Gemma Ware here asked Tim Hatton, professor of economics at the University of Essex, about the parallels between that point in time and the crisis we are facing today in the coronavirus pandemic.
1: Uh, and Tim, and Tim, what about you? Do you think the parallels are valid?
0: So, uh, well, I think I think one of the interesting questions that uh, we obviously don't know the answer to, as far as the economic recovery is concerned, is whether or not we shall have a slump in productivity. That was, I think, a key element of the 1920s. Uh, which meant the recovery was incomplete and right through until 1929 and the start of the Great Depression. It was also an element after the uh, global financial crisis of 2008. Uh, Productivity never really recovered as quickly as people expected. And I think if that happens again this time, then it means that the economic recovery will be slowed right down and it will be a more protracted and painful business than, than it might otherwise be
1: this kind of tension of, you know, we have this desire today to return to normal, but actually there were a lot of things about the old normal that weren't very good. So how do we kind of get things back to a better normal going forward? A particularly hopeful episode was the the kind of post World War Two one where you know, the public is really excited by this vision for public investment, for creating the NHS and for uh, investing in public housing. Um, And the fact that you had, um, there are stories of people queuing up uh, it for the Beverage Report when it was first published uh, in the early 40s. And, you know, the idea of people being so keen to read a kind of piece of wonky policy um, is is a bizarre image, but, you know, there was this real appetite to to change things and to make things better.
0: And here's another clip from episode four, this time about the UK and the years following World War II. Annabelle's colleague, Laura Hood, puts the same sort of question to Pippa Catterall, Professor of History and Policy at the University of Westminster.
1: The shared suffering prompted fresh thinking. Do you think the same could be true today as we emerge from this shared experience of coronavirus?
2: I think that coronavirus, like the war, tests the resilience of a society and demonstrates the need to tackle a number of inequalities in that society which have already been apparent for a number of years. So it's both the extent to which the gig economy has produced all kinds of inequalities and the insecurity of large numbers of people it's exposed the inadequacy of universal credit and uh, not least the uh, delays in payment system that is related to that it's exposed the housing crisis and the number of homeless people on our streets and the reliance of large numbers of people. Upon food banks, none of these things were new it 's just like all of these things were already also there in the 1930s but there wasn 't a sense in the 1930 s that there was a solution ready and lying to hand
1: i think that's that 's a pretty cool lesson to to draw
0: from it 's not like we 're talking about a solution to the coronavirus itself we 're drawing comparisons and parallels between other crises to see what can be learned. By looking at solution efforts to other crises, by mitigating their limits, their, their effectiveness, their context, to your mind, is that a form of constructive journalism?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's clearly stuff that can be learned from past crises, all the more so with crises that are more recent. Um, and I'm thinking in particular about sort of post 2008 um, and the economic policies that, that were put in place. Uh, in most countries around the world, after that, I think as time is moving forward, you know we are entering I guess the start of the recovery phase. you know governments are having to make decisions about what their recovery plans will be, and elections are going on all the time, um in particular obviously the u s elections coming up in November. now is the time to start thinking about what policies do we want in place and I think academics and I think researchers who are experts in their field can start sort of postulating more about what we should be doing today, even if they might, you know, they might not have done a peer reviewed piece of research on exactly what's going on. But their sort of existing research that they've done puts them in a really good position to comment on, you know, what sorts of policies should be put in place.
0: Because the fact is, we don't have a solution to go off right now. So, how tough is it to? compare what worked in the past what didn't work in the past to now how t- how tough honestly is that how do you make sure that is rigorously checked and and debated
1: so i mean as you'll hear in the podcast most of the academics are particularly the further back you go um so especially in the black death um society was obviously completely different than to what it is today um, the historians in that aren't saying there are or there are really clear parallels. I think for me the biggest lesson for, from something back then is even just not even necessarily a lesson, but just like I, I found it helpful to have the context that up to fifty percent of the population died in the Black Death, and that gives I guess some perspective on how much better public health is today um, compared to what it was then but then you know when it gets to 2008 um, there are huge lessons to be learned and really it's kind of will we learn those lessons and will we elect governments that will do things differently
0: I think that's something that did come out in the 2008 credit crunch interview it was less about how do we sort of replicate what worked rather how do we correct what should have been done that time around
1: yeah absolutely mm. and the academics in the 2008 episode are, are keen to point out that any crisis kind of gives the world an opportunity to reset things to make significant changes but that doesn't mean that they will happen like you know we can keep muddying on as we have been and not sort of take advantage or do things differently it's kind of there's no guarantees that just because we have this huge crisis anything will actually change Mm.
0: and as we do move forward into maybe a a recovery phase for the current pandemic we're experiencing what might be next on your radar what might be coming out of um, the the conversation podcast what will you turn your attention to
1: one series that we're kind of in discussions on at the moment which is a bit further ahead um and might not be the next one we do it might be kind of a couple down the line but um we're sort of talking with a few different academics who are doing research around the next COP summit um so that was meant to be happening this year but it's been postponed because of the pandemic and yeah we're sort of talking to to some researchers involved in that to work out how we can follow what they're doing in relation to the summit um and just generally in terms of climate change and how to, you know, that, that kind of is a, is a big element of the recovery ahead is how do we rebuild more sustainably?
0: Hmm. That's, that's quite interesting. Any, any kind of indication in terms of will that, will that be podcast again or will you perhaps explore other mediums to do that?
1: that? So that's something we're exploring for a podcast. But actually something we do with all our podcast series is publish lots of articles to kind of accompany the, the audio Sometimes those articles will be by academics who took part in the podcast, but often we will run articles by academics that we spoke to in our research for the podcast, but what they were working on didn't quite fit into the narrative or exactly what we had space to focus on in the podcast. And there's also a kind of ad hoc special conversation newsletter called Imagine, which we've been running for a couple of years now, which is basically focused on how can we uh, imagine a future where we live sustainably and combat climate change.
0: Sounds like you've got your hands full and, and more than enough to be talking about. Annabelle, this has been um, really, really interesting, and I've uh, really appreciated all your time and your insights today. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Jacob.
0: Interesting insights from Annabelle there, and I think it's just a great example of construction reporting on a really bleak topic that we're all dealing with. But as we've seen, the past can offer us hope and guidance. It's a fascinating approach to try and measure past recovery efforts in terms of what worked and what didn't work and also put into context the positives that have come out of past crises and the positives that could come out of this one. If you like what you heard today, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. And if you'd like to feature as a guest on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for. I've been your host Jacob Granger, until next time.